Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Jaya Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janabalava Girivaradhari Janabalava Gopi Janabalava Girivaradhari Yasudhananda Prajajanaranjana Yasuranandana Prajajanaranjana Yamuna Tira Banachari Yamuna Tira Banachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Jana Ballava Girivaradhari Gopi Jana Ballava So good morning, devotees. Hari Bo. Hmm. Hari Krishna. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the Jeev Jago morning retreat program. It's just Prabhupada's program. It's Prabhupada's everyday program. But we make a festival out of it um, by announcing it every two weeks. And um, we invite people who usually don't get here from Mangalarti, and somehow they get here. Um, that's, that would be me. <laughs> so uh, I guess... Um, all of us, you know, are the people who benefit from just collective enthusiasm of doing things together. And that's the spirit of uh, Prabhupada's culture is, um, you know, just to be together and to share enthusiasm. So um, I'd just like to kind of maybe go around the room really quickly and just say your name and where you're from. Right, I remember you, Joe. You were here. I think you were <laughs> Hey, Joe, Hare Krishna. Your name again? Sudesh. Sudesh, Hare Krishna. Sunit? Sunil from Ashburn, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Vinod Prabhu. Ananda is the temple president. 
Yeah, some devotees came from North Carolina. How many devotees came? Radha Smarana, Hare Krishna. Oh, so a lot of devotees came from... Okay, Hare Krishna. My name is Lakshmi Vandas. And um, yeah, I'm also from around here. I've been associated with this temple uh, for a long time. And uh, we used to have uh, a different location um, down in uh, central D.C. Near, um, and that's where the temple was when I first met devotees in the 70s. And then um, in the beginning of 1976, we moved here. Because in those days, um, Krishna consciousness was um, exploding, expanding quite a bit, very rapidly. And um, many, many, many people were joining enthusiastically the temple. And uh, we kept having to um, find new space for devotees to live. Uh, we had a, a rather large townhouse uh, downtown, uh, but that filled up. And then we had to rent another large townhouse, and that filled up. And then we rented a third large townhouse, and that filled up. Um, and then we started having trouble with uh, the neighbors. Uh, they didn't like our kirtans at four in the morning for some reason. <laughs> and because it was townhouse, you know, the houses are connected to each other. So um, I guess the sound insulation was not very good. So we were always waking up the neighbors. And it got to the point where at Mangalarti, we literally had to whisper and we couldn't play any instruments at all. And uh, so it became very frustrating for the devotees, the kirtans. It, you know, except during the day at the Sunday feast, we could still have our kirtan. Uh, so we had to have a new place. And uh, the temple president at the time, Brisakapi Prabhu, and the vice president, Vipina Prabhu, they came searching around uh, uh, many different areas, and they found this place. At that time, it was called Camp Furman. And it was a, uh, a, a day camp for uh, young children and teenagers. They had horseback riding and archery, and there was a big swimming pool up then. Um, and uh, this room here was a basketball court. And, of course, the altar wasn't existing. Um, so, but the, uh, the owner of this place, Mr. Fur, he... Um, was friendly towards the devotees and he gave us very favorable terms to purchase the place. So we moved here in March of 76 and immediately invited Srila Prabhupada uh, to come. And so Srila Prabhupada came here in July of 1976 and he sat on this very same white marble. At that time, the wall around the Vyasasan was blue, uh, like pastel blue. And there, It's a very popular photo uh, published in many uh, ISKCON publications of Prabhupada on the Vyasasan, right here in this room in Jal. All right, so um, I'm going to break the rule a little bit. Um, I'm going to pull out my phone because I don't have um, a Bhagavatam volume, Bhagavatam, fifth canto. Um, for those who may not know, um, this little section of the Srimad Bhagavatam is... One of the most often uh, discussed 
sections by Srila Prabhupada. He gave many, many, many lectures on the first five verses of this chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam. Is one of his most frequent subjects. No, I didn't find it yet. He, this is a famous verse about um, the difference between material consciousness and spirit. Yeah, okay. So I'm actually uh, thinking in the wrong place. It's actually in 10th Canto. Um, this is a verse that Prabhupada quotes a lot. Um, the, the subject I was kind of thinking about today is uh, the difference between uh, mundane religion and transcendental religion. Um, our Krishna consciousness as a, a, a house in which the whole world can live, or as a non-sectarian way of approaching God. And I don't know about you, but I, al I always found this comment um, by Srila Prabhupada, a little bit perplexing. How can our religion, Krishna consciousness, which has its own rules and uh, traditions and practices, how can it be non-sectarian, right? Because we invite people to come and join us. Um, so the, um, the answer is the, the non-sectarian principle um, isn't that uh, all religions have to have the same practices. But the non-sectarian principle is that all religions have to focus on love of God. And uh, although they may call God by different names or even worship him in different ways, um, still the criteria is, is the person developing love of God? And is that their goal, to develop? So some religious practices or um, systems have different goal. Uh, so some, some religious practices approach God specifically with the aim of getting different material benefits. And so um, in that sense, uh, those kinds of religions um, are not considered very good. They're called uh, dharma projita, right? They're, um, they're considered cheating religions because they present, present themselves as approaching God and yet it cheats their followers out of the chance to actually develop love for God by instead promoting um, material welfare, saying that, uh, you know, if you uh, worship God, uh, like in Hinduism, we commonly say, you know, you'll get you'll get entrance to Swarg, and you'll get all kinds of um, a good birth in your next life, and in this life you might get uh, wealth and um, good status in society. Uh, you know, religious life is recommended, uh, particularly in in Indian culture, for getting. Um, we're getting along, you know, getting a good situation in society, getting your kids married to good partners and getting good education and good wealth. Um, and in Western religions, uh, the same is true. People often take to uh, uh, Christianity um, 
not so much for the purposes which were taught by Christ. Um, they, they sometimes take to Christianity uh, for uh, something which is popular these days, which is called prosperity gospel. And uh, the idea is that if you, uh, if you are rich and wealthy, that means you're blessed by God, right? And uh, if you're poor, then you haven't been blessed by God, and perhaps you're not very good. Uh, and if you do worship God, then um, the quality of your worship will be judged by how much uh, wealth you get. This is a, maybe a, a simple way of talking about it, but this is the basic idea of what's called prosperable. So it's popular in here in America these days. But uh, the teachings of Christ are quite different. Uh, they're much more similar to the teachings of Jesus. Um, similarly with other religions, like Islam. Uh, Islam is another uh, monotheistic religion uh, which teaches that there's one supreme person. Uh, but still, uh, sometimes the followers of Islam become very materialistic. And they might, they might or money, um, just like we Hare Krishna devotees can also become exactly the same way. So uh, even though we're practicing Krishna consciousness, each of us individually um, can remember that our own practice can also become mundane if we uh, forget our goal of um, developing love of Krishna and if we become too interested in how we're doing materially. So, um, difference between mundane and uh, transcendental religion. So, on, on the one side, um, this verse describes uh, something about mundane religion. Um, a little indirectly. But then there's another uh, set of verses which describes transcendental religion. So um, I'll read this one to you and then I'll quickly read the other one or just tell you about the other one. So this one is from actually 10th. Uh, it's, that's probably because when Prabhupada lectures on the fifth canto, chapter five, he usually quotes this verse. Um, so this is a very famous verse. 10th canto, Chapter 84, verse 13. I'll read this. Um, actually, before doing this, sorry, I. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Narayanam Namaskritya. Naram Chaiva Narutamam. Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthadevi Gauravani Pracharani Nivishesha Shunyavishatarani Om Jnana Timarandasya Tasmai Shri Guru So 11th, uh, 10th Canto, Chapter 8. Everyone, if you've recognized this verse, just put a hand up. Yasyatma Buddhi Kunapetri Datuke Svadikala Tradi Shubhomyayijadhi is there anyone who has heard of this verse? 
Is it familiar at all to any devotee? Amy, have you heard this verse? Rose, Mataji, heard it, yeah? Well, yeah, you were the teacher in Gurukul and Vrindavan for 21 years, right? <laughs> you required to know this. All right, so good. Then it's good that I picked it. Um, it's a really important verse. Srila Prabhupada quotes it, quotes it constantly. I'll read it again. Yasyatma buddhi kunapetri dhatuke svadhikalatradi shubhomye jadi yatirta buddhi salilena karichich janeshu abhigneshu saivagokara. I'm going to read uh, line by line and everyone can repeat. Yasyatma buddhi kunapetri dhatuke svadhikalatradi shubhomye Bhomya ijadhi, yatirta budhi, salile nakarichich, janeshu abhigneshu, saiva gokara. Translation One who identifies his self as the inert body composed of mucus, bile, and air, who assumes his wife and family are permanently his own, who thinks an earthen image or the land of his birth is worshipable, or who sees a place of pilgrimage as merely the water there and a place to take bath, but who never identifies with or feels kinship with, worships or even visits those saintly devotees who are wise in spiritual truth. Such a person is no better than a cow. So this verse is a, a sharp critique of um, the practice of being involved in religion, but really mostly just identifying, um, improving one's bodily ID or approving of one's bodily So I'll read the... Um, okay, it's a short purport by Prabhupada, so I'll read. True intelligence is shown by one's freedom from false identification. As stated in the Brihaspatisa, Agnata Bhagavad Dharma, Mantra Vijnana Samvida, Naraste Gokara, Apibhu Pala Vandita. Men who do, not, who do not know the principles of devotional Supreme Lord should be known as cows and asses, even if they are expert in. An imperfect Vaishnava advancing toward the second class platform identifies himself with the sis who have established the true spiritual even while he himself still may have some inferior attachments to body, family, and so on. Such a devotee of the Lord is not a foolish cow or stubborn ass like the materialists, but most excellent is Vaishnava who has gained the special mercy and broken free from the bondage. According to Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti, the words Bhomya Ijadhi, who thinks an image made of earth is worshipable, refer not to the deity form of the Supreme in his temple, but to deities of demi. But the words Yatirtha Buddhi Salile, who sees a place of pilgrimage as merely the water there, bath, refers not to sacred rivers like the Ganges. Um, when Srila Prabhupada lectures on this verse, um, he usually emphasizes that 
people go to holy places um, uh, just to perform some rituals. And instead, they should go and focus on seeking out uh, the saints and sages who live in the holy places and hearing teachings from them. Um, because that's considered the, the ultimate uh, connection with God is to hear from uh, representatives of God, from great saints and sages, and to hear from them how to make advancement in um, becoming attached to the Supreme Personality of Godhead very intensely and therefore um, becoming able to renounce all material attachments very happily and joyfully um, and, and with a very sweet and loving heart uh, with, with full satisfaction. So, um, and, and Prabhupada talks about um, uh, various isms that we adopt when we're involved in this kind of mundane practice of religion. Um, uh, nationalism in particular, worshiping the land of one's birth is what Srila Prabhupada uses on this verse, Bhomya Ijadhi. He refers, he says, this is nationalism, thinking, I was born in this country, this is my country. Prabhupada uh, comments, but this, this earth planet is here for millions and millions of years. Before you were here, how was it yours? Right? It belongs to Krishna only. And different cultures and civilizations, they come and go, they come and go, they come and go, just like the passing of rain clouds. And, uh, but the earth remains, and it remains always Krishna's. Uh, so uh, people who become too much uh, absorbed in thinking about their bodily identity will think, I am American, or I am Indian, or I am Hindu, or I am Christian, or I am Muslim. And uh, Srila Prabhupada says that all these, thi these ideas are um, flatly ignorance. And knowledge means uh, giving up all such identifications and simply thinking, I am the servant of Krishna. So uh, if, if we're involved in our practice of Krishna consciousness, um, we can remember that the universal principle is to remember that I am the servant of God. I am the servant of God. And everyone else that I see is also the servant of God. And uh, I'm not superior to anyone. And no one is superior to me. We are all equally servants of God. Even the insects, the blades of grass, uh, human beings of other cultures and places. So remembering that we are not the body, but we are eternal spiritual souls, is the fundamental principle of uh, having a non-sectarian approach to spiritual consciousness. And unless we constantly remember, hear, and teach that I am not this body, you are not your body, we are not this body, we are not man, woman, old, young, rich, poor, but who are we? We are eternal servitor of Krishna. Right? And uh, we are all Every single one of us, whether human or animal, 
we're all struggling with the same uh, problems that we are uh, stuck in this conditioned life, material consciousness, where we have to experience birth, death, disease, and old age, the real problems of life. So as soon as we agree to give up our attachment to the idea that I am this body, I am whatever, whatever I think I am, <laughs> and instead we adopt um, this idea that was mentioned here in Bhagavatam, to identify with the sages. Identify with the sages. Who are the sages? The sages are the great devotees, our previous acharyas, or any great and saintly devotee that we may know who has abandoned everything, everything for the sake of um, loving service to the holy name of Krishna. So we, we typically hear stories about uh, the great saints, that they used to sit in a holy place and uh, chant the holy name of Krishna for 22 hours a day. Um, like every day uh, we say a prayer, uh, we say, Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Jai, right? So the, um, he is the, one of the main preceptors of our, of our line of teaching. And he used to sit and chant the holy name of Krishna 22 hours a day. Uh, not just once or twice, but month after month and year after year. Um, then also our own Srila Prabhupada, his spiritual master, uh, before beginning his uh, teaching activities, uh, back in what this would have been around 1900, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, he took a vow that he would chant one billion names of Krishna. So one billion names of Krishna, this is a vast number, and it took him 10 years of also chanting, right, and living a completely renounced life. Very, very simple. And then our own Srila Prabhupada, uh, he... Um, he renounced everything to fulfill the order of his spiritual master and come to the West and spread Krishna everywhere. And uh, he endured um, great sacrifices, very, very difficult. Um, and he, he gave up uh, every hope of comfort and rest during his old age. And he left his home at the age of 69 and spent the rest of his life traveling the world um, constantly, never sleep, hardly sleeping. I asked his servant once, how much did Srila Prabhupada sleep, actually sleep? I asked him. He said, on average, you know, year in, year out, about four and a half hours, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, usually as people get older, they need to sleep. And he wrote all of these books, so many, so many books. He worked so hard. He struggled with his um, young and immature disciples who were, um, you know, sometimes squabbling with one another. And uh, he had to manage the whole society, uh, constantly, constantly traveling. What a great authority. But because Prabhupada was a sage, he had given up everything, every shred of his own person. So Prabhupada, he's a person that we can identify with, right? 
Let's identify with Prabhupada. Let's, that means we aspire to become like him. Right? Not, we don't aspire to say, I'll chant Hare Krishna and so people will respect me and I'll get uh, good status in society. I'll get lots of good business connections amongst the you know, community and um, I'll get blessings from the demigods and you know, uh, good education for my kids and all that sort of stuff. Those things are considered uh, very um, worthless very worthless. They're not bad in themselves if one gets those things, but as a goal, we should identify with the sages, and that that keeps us progressing. It guarantees that we'll actually get some a real result. So, okay, so this is all discussion about the problems of identifying with material goals and bodily identity um, that makes our religion mundane if we do that too much and we can see if we look around the world we see that mundane religion um, actually becomes a big problem rather than rather than a beautiful purifying influence that uh, we hope for in our Krishna consciousness instead people fight on the basis of religion they compete with one another they hate each other you know, my religion is better than your religion. I destroy you. Or, you know, cultures fight and they get into these existential battles where they try to annihilate each other sometimes. Um, throughout history. And we see it going on now. Uh, and so sometimes the intelligent class of men, they become disgusted and they say, oh, religion is just the source of all problems. Right? Let us become atheist. Of course, that doesn't solve anything. But... Um, people become disgusted with mundane religion. And they say, what good is religion anymore? And then we require someone like Srila Prabhupada to come and remind us, oh, religion is this transcendental thing which fills your heart with, um, with the desire for the welfare of all living beings and fills your heart with enthusiasm for um, your own transcendental aspirations. So now we come to uh, the other side, transcendental religion. And that is described by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, in the only words which he actually wrote. Does everybody know who Lord Chaitanya is? Do you, do you know about Lord Chaitanya, Joe? Yeah. All the devotees here know who Lord Chaitanya is. And... Um, Although he is so important, and he's our, our master in every respect, and he's the source of our Hare Krishna movement, um, still he, he didn't write anything except eight verses. All of the books and literature we have were actually written by his disciples, um, Krishnadas Kaviraj. Um, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself only wrote eight verses. And these eight verses are the basis of transcendental religion. Right? So if we, if we hear these eight verses, then we'll get an idea of how much transcendental religion is the opposite of what we read about in this Bhagavatam verse, where someone identifies with their body, um, they worship the land of their birth, 
They go to holy places just to do some rituals and then go away without ever learning anything about their spiritual nature, about loving Krishna. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he wrote these eight verses which are called Shiksha Ashtakam. Shiksha means teachings and Ashtaka means eight verses, literally. So Shiksha Ashtakam is fav- famous. So the first one, I'll just go through them really quickly. Chetudapanam arjunam bhavamadabhagninavapanam Shekairava chandrikavitaranam vidyavadu jivanam Anandam budivardanam patipatam punam mitasvadam Shikrishna sankirtanam So in this verse, Lord Chaitanya says, uh, the chanting of the holy names of Krishna is the most glorious possible thing. Because, first of all, it cleanses the mirror of the mind. It cleanses the heart of all dirty things which are in the heart. And the number one dirty thing, Prabhupada says, is, anybody guess? It's very simple. We've already said it. Anybody got any idea what it might be? False ego is one. It's even simpler than that. Any, anybody else? Hate? Could be, yeah. I mean, these are all right on target, but I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. This is just to keep you in, in suspense. Any other ones? Yeah, what is it? Attachment. Yeah. It's thinking I am this body. Very, very simple, very basic, right? The misconception, the misidentification of ourselves as the material body is the source of every other uh, spiritual sickness or every other ignorance uh, or every other bad thing in our consciousness comes from this misconception, thinking, I am this body and the, the products of this body are mine, right? And the fruits of the work of this body is also mine, And the opposite consciousness is, I am not this body, I belong to Krishna. And everything that I do and everything that I gather around me also belongs to Krishna and um, has to be used in Krishna's service. And then, uh, like a touchstone, the whole life becomes, so it becomes Krishnaized. So the secret to transcendental religion is simply Krishna, putting Krishna first in everything and forgetting about uh, our own bodily identity, our own bodily wants, needs. Uh, So, Cheto Darpana Marjanam, when you chant God's name, not just Hare Krishna, but any God's name in any language, if, if it's done sincerely, then the heart gets cleared up and this idea that I am this body diminishes, diminishes, diminishes and a person's eagerness, thirst, hunger for being connected to Krishna in favorable and beautiful ways grows and grows and grows. And as soon as someone becomes connected to Krishna like that, and sees that everyone else, they are also not their body. They are also all beautifully connected to Krishna. 
then person has to start feeling, um, wanting the welfare of everyone, including, including the insignificant insects, the blades of grass, um, everyone. So this is the first principle, cheto darpanam arjunam bhava maha davarninirapanam. It extinguishes the fire of material existence, which is endless desires, endless desires which are never satisfied and which burn like fire in the heart, right? Always making us unhappy. And what's the alternative to that desire is it's not to become desireless, but it's to become filled with loving desires to serve and love Krishna. And then we automatically feel love and affection towards everyone else. So this is the beginning of transcendental religion. Bhava Mahadavagdinavapanam. It extinguishes this fire, this blazing fire of material existence. Shreya Kaidava Chandrikavataranam. It's very auspicious. Anandam Buddhivardhanam. It's full of joy. Purnamritasvadanam Sarvatmasnapanam. It bathes, completely bathes the self in happiness. So this is a really interesting idea um, because ordinarily in life we, we look for happiness here and there and we get some happiness and we get some distress then a little more happiness, then maybe a little more distress, then a little happiness, then some really bad distress, <laughs> then more happiness, and then finally really bad distress, right? Death, or our loved ones die. We die. Uh, and every single person experiences this. Nobody escapes. Um, so the happinesses that we have are relatively small compared to our desire for happiness. But this chanting of the holy name brings sarvat masnapanam, complete immersion of happiness, right? a total bath of happiness, not just a couple drops, but you dive and swim in the ocean of happiness. So um, we may not be there, but this is our identification with the sages, right? Because the sages are, are there. Those are the people that we want to follow, that we want to emulate. That's what it means to identify with the sages. We want to be like them. We don't want to be like the materialistic people, the so-called big men and women of the world who are famous, who have lots of material enjoyment, who have lots of money, um, who are status, have high status or celebrity, we don't want to admire them. We want to admire the sages. And we want to follow in their footsteps and say, let me become like that person, right? whatever shortcomings I may have now. And then that puts us squarely in the realm of transcendental religion. So then in the other verses, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu goes on and on about how uh, chanting the holy name gives all benedictions and um, that there are millions of names of Krishna and our only misfortune 
is that we don't have enough attraction to chanting the names. So our whole Hare Krishna movement is just intended to get more attracted to chanting the names of Krishna. And as we go on and on in life, on and on in life, um, our different goals start to appear um, less worthwhile. You know, we did them, we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that, but we find ourselves still in the same position with our hearts not satisfied. And uh, the, the darker later years gradually approaching, right? The sun setting. And we think, oh my gosh, how will I get attachment to Krishna's lotus before the sun sets on my life? And so we become a little anxious and we start chanting more and more. And we want to become like the sages, right? We, um, it's getting close to time to stop. So um, all of the next verses of, Ch of Shikshastakam simply describe this state of intense love for Krishna. Um, I'll say two of them. One, he says, um, which is that, what is that one? Yugayitam nimishena chakshushapuravrishayitam shunyayitam jagatsarvirahename. Oh, Krishna. Uh, being without you, my whole world is seeming vacant and tears are flowing from my eyes like torrents of rain. So this is describing um, how much uh, a sa the sages are truly loving Krishna, that they can't go even a moment without thinking about Krishna. And then the other, the most important one of these eight verses, is also the shortest one. It describes how you can chant the holy name of the Lord. What, what you have to be like, or what you have to aspire to become like. And this is the essence of transcendental religion. Here it is, right here. Trinadapi sunechena tarodapi sahishnuna amanina manadena kirtaniya sadahari Trinadapi sunechena to be uh, more, uh, just like a blade of grass, to be more humble than a blade of grass. To become tolerant like a tree. Amanina, manadena, not requiring any respect for oneself, but eagerly desiring to give all respect to others. If someone is like that, then they've attained the status of a sage. And they can, they'll be able to chant the holy name of Krishna constantly, and their heart will be full. So that's the meaning of transcendental religion, and the Hari Krishna movement is meant to be a transcendental movement, not just a cultural movement or not a movement for um, uh, creating some kind of um, ethnic group or unity or identity. Um, are not a group for one particular kind of people or nationality or one religion. But a, the Hare Krishna movement is a movement to inspire this feeling in everyone's heart. Right? More humble than a blade of grass, more tolerant than a tree, and devoid of all sense of false brothers, and eager to chant the holy name of Krishna. So then... It, on one hand, we have identifying with the body and being like a, a cow or an ass. <laughs> and on the other hand, we have this beautiful heart of being 
humble and um, giving respect to others because we see ourselves and all others as not this body, but eternal souls of Krishna. So this is why Srila Prabhupada in most of his lectures, almost anywhere in the Bhagavatam Srila Prabhupada speaks, will spend a lot of his time talking about, you are not this body, you are not this body, you are not this body. So it's, it's um, a teaching that can't be emphasized enough. Yeah. So I'll stop there. I, I, we have only about five minutes. So any comments, arguments, correction? It depends on the practice and mind of the follower. Right? Prabhupada was once asked by a Western reporter, what about all these other religions? And Prabhupada said, they are nice as long as the followers are nice. Right? So uh, our Hare Krishna movement can also become mundane religion if we ourselves become mostly interested in mundane things. Um, so Sanatana Dharma can also be transcendental. And any of these other religions, Christianity, Islam, as long as they're monotheistic religions worshiping the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they can be transcendental also, as long as the follower has in their heart right, to be humble like a blade of grass and to desire the welfare of others and to see everyone, first of all, see everyone as not the body but as eternal spiritual. So uh, 5,000 years ago, Sanatana Dharma was there, but Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, spoken 5,000 years ago, yada yada hi dharmasya, uh, wherever, wherever there's religion, it has always happened, not 5,000, but 5 million, 50, 500 million years back in history. Krishna has always been coming and bringing religious. So all of these representatives, Lord Jesus Christ, Prophet Muhammad, they are all representatives of Krishna. Yeah. Yeah, we say, follow your religion, love God. You don't have to join our religion. That is not our, our. We you can we encourage everyone chant Hari Krishna with us. It's very nice. Lord Chaitanya gave it, but if you're attached to saying another name of God, say that, and become advanced, right? Become in this real spiritual consciousness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we have the. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. We'll have a reflection circle after uh, we have this kirtan. But the, the short answer is education from chi early childhood in spiritual values has to happen along with. Yeah, yeah. Prahlad Maharaj speaks like that. Komara Charit Start from early childhood.